Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, John June. And of course, I've got my guy, the co-host, Greg Penniman. Greg, what is good, man? What's good, people? Week one over with. So looking forward to week two starting tomorrow night. Seeing my my guy, Joe Burrow. Uh, man, after you know a great last drive. Week one, uh, they already got conversations talking about Joe Burrow versus Baker, who's a better quarterback. So it'd be interesting tomorrow for for week two and all the headlines coming forward. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for Thursday Night Football. You've got two number one overall picks uh, going off against each other in the same division. Uh, Baker's got it tough in that in that division, man. They don't stop talking bad about him. You know, I know, it's, man. It's one thing they keep talking about Lamar. They should have taken Lamar with the number one pick. Now it's it's hey, Joe Burrow is better than you in the same. He's got a Hall of Famer too. in there in the in the division already. Like with Big Ben, yeah, like, it's, it's tough. Just, it's tough for Baker out there, but I, I'm still a believer in the talent. I don't know where you, where you stand, Greg. I, we haven't had much conversations about, about Baker lately, but. Uh, we could talk about all that once we get into the games and stuff, but um, hopefully you're one and zero. But even if you're zero and one, it's you know no, don't worry, no tilting. Remember, um, mm-hmm. but there are some some injuries that I know some of, some of you wonderful fantasy managers out there are trying not to tilt over. So uh, let's just jump into some of this this injury news and these updates. Um, first one I, I know. Uh, shocked a lot, not shocked, but sent shock waves throughout the the fantasy world late last night. Um, Michael Thomas is uh, de- he's been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. Um, they say he will miss several weeks. There has been conversations about even potentially putting him on the IR. Uh, and you know, you know, with the new IR it, for this COVID year, uh, a player has to spend at least a minimum of three weeks. On IR, there's no more. Oh, we can only send designate two guys as able to come back. You can put a player on IR at any moment, um, you know. But they have to stay on IR for three weeks. There have been so there have been talks about putting Michael Thomas on that IR uh, to actually protect Michael Thomas from himself. Because as you mentioned uh, on on the waiver show, Greg Michael Thomas, he's a tough guy. He was going to try to play through that injury if he could. Um, so you know, where are you at with? with this uh, news, Greg, of Michael Thomas in the, in the injury. And um, if you are a fantasy manager, which players are you looking to, or do you expect a, a bump from in, in, uh, in targets? Uh, yeah. So this is definitely bad news for a guy you took. Uh, I saw him go every first round in every draft that I was in, uh, especially at receiver. So that's tough for him to go down. Um, heard rumblings that is similar to the high ankle sprain Saquon had last year, um, and that was a tough injury for 
a top athlete like Saquon, even him, and he came back too early, and it, it didn't. He affect still affected some games after that. So uh, I think Michael Thomas should you know take the time he needs and not come back too early from this because I I rather have him 100% Michael Thomas and ready to go. Um, but as far as you know the bump in targets, uh, definitely you know they signed Emmanuel Sanders to be that complimentary piece, but now. I think he does step into a, a, a more prominent role, um, which is, is good for him. So I see a bump of targets for him, for Kamara and, and Jared Cook, all three of those guys. I think um, so. Michael Thomas was demanding, you know, almost a nine, ten targets a game. So you know, it's it, it's it's a lot to open up for per game for those three guys. Um, Kamara especially. Um, I think they put him in more routes, uh, and Jared Cook definitely in the middle of the field. I, I thought Emmanuel Sanders value is going to bring down Jerry Cook's uh, value. That's why I had him as a bust, bust of the year as far as tight end. But Michael Thomas being out brings Jerry Cook's uh, impact way uh, back up. And he still played well in week one as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, you hit it right on the head right there. Um, Alvin Kamara, I, I know I, I said it to you. For me, I think, you know, this means the most for him. Um, I mean, obviously, Emmanuel Sanders, he he steps into a more prominent role, but um, if we're if we're talking in in terms of who I think uh, you know will feel the biggest impact, I think it's Alvin Kamara. Um, I think Jared Jared Cook, like you said, he's also gonna benefit from from this time as well. Um, you know, being a target in the middle of the field, uh, we obviously know um, <clears throat> we obviously know Sean Payton to be you know a creative. A creative offensive coordinator, a creative play caller. So I, I, you know, I totally expect him to, to use guys in different roles to fulfill the jobs that that Michael Thomas was was getting done. Um, next up on the injury slate, uh, we have Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he is put on IR with a hamstring injury. Le'Veon Bell, the New York Jets, put on IR with a hamstring injury. Um, he. Obviously, you know, suffered the injury in the game on Sunday. Um, Adam Gay said that he regretted having put him back in the game even after suffering the injury. So it seems to be a prolonged issue. Again, he'll be on IR minimum of at at least three weeks. Uh, The expectation is that he'll be back after that three weeks. Um, So if you have an IR, your your IR spot, you're putting him in there. If if not, um, Greg, are you at a point where you would drop Le'Veon Bell? No, absolutely not. Um, I'm not there at all. Um, it's funny how in training camp uh, this became a whole Twitter beef between uh, Adam Gase and Le'Veon <laughs> with his hamstring, and he still <laughs> he ends up out first week for his hamstring. So it's uh, pretty interesting there. Um, but it's uh, the IR. I think this year we have to you know not not like we could downplay that for lack for a better word as far as like uh, the the time because you know usually in the back in the day IR meant like a season in the injury, but the three weeks. Uh, I think the IR tag is going to be used a lot more this year, more common. So, but I think Le'Veon should be able to come back, and I think he's a guy. You know, if you have the IR spot, let's let him sit there, let him let it hold it down, and um, when he comes back, his role will be he'll be right there. Um, it's just a guy. You know, whoever they sign is not going to be better than Le'Veon Bell. So, who uh, his role will be there when he comes back? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with that as well. I think you know. Like you said, with the IR mechanism, you know, we can be a little bit more patient with guys who are on IR. It's not a season-ending thing. Um, you know, and with COVID happening, 
Um, hopefully, you know, you have more IR spots available in, in your leagues. Um, but Frank Gore has already been named the starting running back by by um, uh, head coach Adam Gase. I know that, mm-hmm. obviously, they signed Kalen Balaj, but, again, that's a depth signing. They have Josh Adams on the practice squad. Uh, they also have um, rookie LaMichael Pirine also on the, on the bench. And, and honestly, you know, I, I, this is last year. This is Le'Veon Bell's last year with the team. Um, you know, this could very well be Adam Gase's last year with the team. Mm-hmm. But um, well, Michael Piran is somebody I think is interesting. He's someone that beat reporters said was having a, a you know pretty good camp. Uh, he was a fourth round pick out of uh, the University of Florida. Um, you know, he was one of three rookies that were or, you know one of three uh, players that was taken in the fourth round, and he was the first of those three players uh, with back to back pick picks. Um, so you know the the team the the team thinks highly of him. So, you know, just a name to watch. Maybe he's not somebody you add now, um, but depending on how Frank Gore does these next couple of days and what goes on with Le'Veon Bell, if this kid starts to get playing time, uh, he's also dealing with an ankle sprain. It's a low ankle sprain, but if, if he if he starts getting some playing time, then just, you know, be mindful of that. Um, next up on the injury front, we have Philip Lindsay running back for the, for the Denver Broncos. He's day-to-day with a toe injury, uh, you know, it's – Likely, it's been reported that it's likely turf toe. Uh, he's, you know, receiving a second opinion. Uh, that usually means that you know you didn't like the first one. So, uh, Greg, what does this mean for for you in terms of how you value Philip Lindsay going forward, and uh, this, how does this affect the Broncos' backfield? Uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 he can't go, um, it's definitely a bump for for Melvin Gordon. Um, you, you know, we thought it would be a two man work a back I mean two back man uh like going forward with uh, those two but with no Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon should be emphasized a little more, uh, especially in the passing game. Uh Philip Lindsay was the passing uh catching guy. Um I think that helps him uh, most importantly. Uh hopefully they're able to get Sutton back and if not, uh that's just even more involvement for guys like Noah Fant and uh Melvin Gordon. I think that helps them those two a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, um, definitely a bump for for Melvin Gordon for sure. Um, you know, he was splitting work with Philip Lindsay. Uh, the question is, does Royce Freeman become uh, any relevant at all? Not in terms of fantasy relevant, just in terms of the Royce Freeman truthers that still exist. Um, I may <laughs> or may not have been one of them, but you know, does he get any playing time and, and work into this rotation? But honestly, it's it's all Melvin Gordon. Um, and like you said, you know, some reception work for some other guys as well. Um, Kenny G, Kenny Galladay, Lions wide receiver Kenny Galladay, uh, st- still reportedly not doing anything uh, at practice with that hamstring injury. So um, are you concerned here, Greg, with Kenny Galladay? Uh, yeah, as an owner in one league for Kenny Galladay. Um, yeah, manager. Oh, yeah, in one of these leagues. Um Definitely concerning. I mean, any hamstring I'm concerned about uh, that's injured um, week one. This is a guy that still hasn't played yet. So uh, if he's not going to go, this is just a bump still for Marvin Jones, who, you know, didn't put out the performance I thought he would in week one. But Danny Amendola, who who was who played very well in week one, uh, and TJ Hawkinson, that he should continue to thrive uh, in this offense without Kenny Galladay because this, this is a high – a high throwing offense still um they're gonna you know 
DeAndre Swift got some pass attempts. Um, they didn't really use carry on a lot. Uh, and AP, you know, he's just going to get a certain safe number of carries every week. But this is a throwing team, so they, if they don't have Galladay, it's going to hurt. And But it's a bump to these other guys for sure. Yeah, any interest in Quintus Cephas? He did have a lot of, uh, you know, snaps. Ten targets. Yeah, and targets. Um, Had as yeah, many catches as Odell on those ten targets. <laughs> <laughs> That's opportunity right there. I, I mean, if in a, in a team that's going to be in some high volume games, that they, they have the Packers this week, uh, a team that you know Minnesota was able to expose in, in the um, in the passing game. So uh, he has some intrigue. I think I would lean towards a guy. I forgot to mention Traquan Smith. I think I have a little more intrigue and in maybe him being a a boom value. Uh, I keep an eye on him, monitor as well for Mike Thomas being out. Oh, yeah, Traquan Smith with the Michael Thomas news being out as well. I think that's definitely somebody that's got to be on our radar. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then in regards – so apparently Danny Amendola had m- most of that yardage or 30-something of those yards on one catch or something like that, if I'm not mistaken, um, six targets. And apparently him and Quintus Cephas were splitting time in the slot. I don't, something to note. Hmm. It's just that was the that was the that was legitimately the blurb I read. Uh, I think it was in Yahoo on Danny Amendola. But um, just something just something to note there. Um, and then continuing with the injuries, Cortland Sutton, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, he was limited still with with that shoulder injury. Seems like he's trending in the right direction. Uh, Miles Sanders, he practiced fully. Uh, Adam Schefter had already reported. Seems like him and Lane, him and both him and Lane Johnson, the right tackle for the Eagles, are gonna go. Um, Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, he was a, a DMP on Wednesday, but it was reported that he's expected to play this week, so maybe it was just a rest thing. Uh, Corey Davis, wide receiver for the um, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans, who uh, we didn't really talk about as a popular waiver wire pickup. I think we have like Devontae Parker syndrome where it's like, we yeah, just, kind of just Corey, Corey Davis. How many times has he's come like week one or week two, have a good game? You know, like, oh, Corey Davis, you know, first round pick, like, yeah, talent. And then, yeah, yeah, Devontae Parker. But if he give if he does do what Devontae Parker did last year, then oh, he's a viable play. Abs- absolutely, he's a viable Ab- pickup, yeah. Absolutely, but in in a lower, way lower volume passing offense than yes. Miami, they were yes. they were flinging it last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick, so it, it's yeah, hard I mean, to Ryan Fitzpatrick call that. was the leading rusher <laughs> for the Miami Dolphins last year. So yeah, no, I totally Crazy. agree with you there. I mean, it's it is a lower volume offense. I mean, I understand. I understood the hype around Corey Davis. I just didn't. I, I like you. I wasn't really buying into it either. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But he was questionable. He was questionable going into the game with a hamstring. Obviously played the game. Seven catches, 101 yards. Oh, that's why we didn't talk about Corey Davis because it happened on the Monday night game. So oh, that I too. Don't feel as bad. Yeah. I don't feel that's as true. bad anymore. Oh, shout out to <laughs> shout out to Derrick Henry. 31 carries. Let's go. <laughs> yes, yes. Derrick Henry of Greg's Leave Extraordinary People team had 31 carries. In a leave extraordinary people lost. Oh man, um, I mean a loss. But yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great sign. <laughs> oh, Debo no, Samuel also looking at a, a week f- four return too. I saw that. Oh, Debo Samuel eyeing a, 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 a week four return. Um, Mohamed Sanu did end up signing with the 
um, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so, you know, expect him to do probably nothing fantasy relevant. Um, one thing to note, though, is he <laughs> did play. He did play with Kyle Shanahan uh, back with the Atlanta Falcons uh, when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. So there is familiarity there. But again, I, I, I would not expect much. Um, yeah, I'm not expecting much. We had put some hype around him being with the Patriots last year, and there was he absolutely did nothing. So I don't think I nothing. see him doing. And, and he's just a the, placeholder to Debo comes back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the Patriots need a receiver. Yeah, and they 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 cut him. So what does that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, George Kittle also on the 49ers. He obviously. Suffered that knee sprain on Sunday. He played through that game, uh, played the rest of that game, finished uh, the game playing his allotment of snaps, but, you know, did not have any catches at the end of that game or, you know, in the second half. Uh, I would, I did, I have read that, you know, um, you know, Kittle is, you know, going to deal with some stiffness with this knee injury, obviously having, uh, having happened, having happened on Sunday during a game, there's adrenaline. Uh, they probably he probably got some something for the pain in the locker room. Um, so you know he was able to play through it. Obviously, you know he, you know wasn't targeted much at the end of the game. Um, and then, but you know this is something that he might, he would be he'll he he probably will be able to play with on Sunday. And the expectation is that he will play. Um, and that's actually what's been reported. It's just that he's not going to practice at all this week. And uh, Kyle Shanahan has said he doesn't need to practice to play. Um, but just monitor that situation and just be ready um, to potentially have to stream, um, which we will jump into our streams of the week now, actually, um, before we do the matchup. But before we do that, I just want to mention last thing, Chris Godwin uh Entered concussion protocol. Uh, you know, obviously, he, I guess he had suffered some hit on Sunday in the game. Uh, you know, didn't didn't get pulled from the game, I guess, for whatever reason. And ends up reporting that he had concussion-like symptoms, you know, the, the next day or the day after, whatever it was. But... Uh, he is in the concussion protocol, so that's just something to monitor as well. I think that you should probably look up to pick Scotty Miller. What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, pick up Scotty Miller. Yeah, yeah, honestly. If you don't have him already, um, he was a popular waiver after the Mike Evans uh, injury rumors. Uh, not rumors, but like uh, uh, reports. So uh, if he's there, I think he, he he's going to be viable to get heavy targets as Gronk wasn't really used. It was Scotty Miller as like that third pass catcher, so interesting to watch yeah i mean i don't i don't know if we i mean so before we even talk about before i say what i'm gonna say about gronk um (laughs) (laughs) uh mike evans i didn't know this but mike evans played a full allotment of snaps on sunday even with that hamstring yeah they said he's practicing well he's practicing well now too yeah so i mean uh, uh, Scotty Miller was in this game plan. He's a, he's involved yeah. in this offense. Yep. Uh, you know, sixty percent of the snaps is what he played. Um, you know, he's involved in this offense with or without an injury. So I think if we do get an injury, 
uh, to Chris Godwin or another one to Mike Evans. It's something similar to, you know, to last year where it was, you know, Brashad Perriman becomes that guy that you want to play. Um, mm-hmm. If one of them gets gets banged up or even the year prior, I don't know if you remember this, Greg, but Adam Humphreys was always that guy. <laughs> yep, the third receiver. Yeah, and yep, in the middle of the field. That's why I was, you know, high when when he went to Tennessee, but last year, but it didn't really pan out to anything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, that, that next guy to step up in the Bruce Arians offense uh, does does well. Yeah, mo- most definitely. So, Scotty Miller, he's somebody that I think you should probably look to pick up in in deeper leagues if you haven't done so already. Um, but jumping into the streams of the week, uh. Craig, oh, did you want to say your... about? Did you have a hot take about Gronk though? Or are you good? Oh yes, my hot take about Gronk. <laughs> um, my bad. Yeah, so Gronk, he. Uh, I don't know if we should be playing him. <laughs> yeah, I he he wasn't. Let me let me just double check the snap the snap counts, but he wasn't really involved. And again, I didn't watch this game in its entirety. I just saw. Uh, what was on uh what's that 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 thing called oh red zone on red on red zone <laughs> thank <laughs> you because <laughs> i had no idea i just watched what was on red I'm, zone yeah i don't i know he wasn't targeted heavily um i i think i would still be a little i would give him a little more leash because it's just it's just gronk and and tom brady and i think they'll figure it out in the red zone this week but then uh, we're just well, that becomes like yeah. Darren Fells, right? Touchdown dependent of last tight year, end. right? Yeah, which that. like that's a guy I could stream. Yeah, yeah, not not draft and be a tight end one, like we yeah, not we start every week because I mean yeah. he's he's a uh, again I didn't watch this game. I mean let me check where he's at in terms of even routes run, but I didn't watch this game. But I heard Gronk. Someone described Gronk as. A sixth offensive lineman. I mean, that, that twenty-one route, routes at all. He ran twenty-one routes, right? OJ Howard ran nineteen. I mean, Gronk was on the field. He was 77 percent of the snaps. So maybe three targets. Maybe it is two. Yeah, three targets. So maybe I'm overreacting here to one. Yeah, week. but because I, I, I think I didn't, yeah, I'll give it one more week. Yeah. Okay, I could get behind that. Um. All right. So streams of the week, Greg. Who are you? proposing that the people go out and pick up off waivers to stream oh wait oh, man. before we talk about that though one last thing waiver show was yesterday or mm-hmm. on on tuesday rather we did not mention that make sure you check to see who people are dropping oh yeah especially after week one people are on full tilt so yep check Absolutely. to see who's getting dropped you always find one of those crazy in those leagues. <laughs> I remember when Fournette got traded. I saw one league he got dropped. But like people are quick, they're just emotional in fantasy sometimes, and they'll just make quick decisions. So, uh, so definitely, I keep an eye on that. But yeah, and week, that's something that you do all year. Sorry, just yeah, something oh, yeah. you do all year, not just week one. Because especially when we get to bye weeks, people have to make tough decisions. They have to drop somebody. All right, Greg, long-awaited quarterback stream of the week. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, that very anticlimactic, but we got Mitch Trubisky, baby. Let's go! Oh, you know, this is this is a huge proposal, really, to the people. Cause I was uh, <laughs> going back and forth between him and Jimmy G. He's probably my honorable mention. Uh, but I think just 
He's six percent rostered, so one, he's actually a true stream. He, you know, he's out there. Uh, the matchup, <laughs> the matchup is too good. Uh, I think Big Ben. He's going against the New York Giants. First of all, Big Ben put up two twenty nine and three touchdowns in a ten point win in that one. So you already know uh, it's going. This is a closer spread. Um, you know the Bears are favored by five and a half. Uh, the Giants offense will be more competitive in this game, uh, forcing you know Mitch to have to make plays. He threw thirty six times in Week One. Uh, three touchdowns with 242 yards, and that was in a, a close game against Detroit where they had to do comeback mode. Um, so I think uh, in this game it will be, you know, has sneaky uh, shootout potential. Uh, and this was with without a dominant performance by Allen Robinson, um, who had to clear out the air with Matt Nagy today. Uh, I think he, you know, him and the organization are kind of on track. And I, I think he should, you know, get featured a little more. He was still nine targets, and I think that close to that number again. But uh, he'll be a little more effective. And also Anthony Miller, I like him a lot this week, especially in um, the slot and where he's going to be lined up against the Giants secondary. Uh, Mr. Risky's going to thrive, and I think you should stream him up. Oh, man. I, I, I can totally get behind that. I mean, he won me my bet last week. Uh, I mean, he did. if this was the Detroit Lions – be three touchdowns you could book that but it is the new york giants so maybe it'll be two maybe he'll get one on the ground who knows i don't know but uh no i love that one right there mitch trubisky uh just don't watch the game don't watch the game don't watch (laughs) don't watch the game um kirk cousins is my stream of the week i had to check to make sure that the roster the roster ship was within the was within the streaming guidelines and this guy is owned in only or rostered rather, in only 34% of Yahoo leagues, uh, he's he's got a matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. Who, yes, they were our defensive stream of the week last week. Uh, a widely industry-wide defensive stream of the week, uh, widely regarded as I referred to as the chalk um, last week. But they got lit up by Gardner Minshew. And again, yeah, we we on this show respect Gardner Minshew, the player. Um, but that doesn't still explain for why he had a 95% completion percentage against the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. Um, Kirk Cousins last week against the Green Bay Packers completed 76% of his passes, um, so a high number there. Uh, you've got 40, a 47.5 point total projected by Vegas in this game, and uh, two of these defenses uh, gave up you know, a decent amount of points last week with Minnesota probably... You know, Minnesota giving up 43 points last week. Granted, it was Aaron Rodgers on the other side, but I know Phillip Rivers is sitting there chomping at the bit, wanting to get on these young corners because uh, he threw for 360 last week. So I think you might have a little shootout here on your hands. And uh, if that happens, uh, Kirk Cousins, Adam Thielen, it's going to be a long day for that Colt secondary. So Adam Thielen, you can stream him this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm Kirk Cousins, oh, yeah. you can Kirk stream Cousins, him this yeah. week. <laughs> definitely. If you want to put that stack, definitely. And uh, that mentioned Allen Robinson, I mean, Anthony Miller stack or Allen Robinson, doesn't matter. Yeah, stack it up. Yeah, so, Greg, your tight end stream of the week, man. What do we got? Oh, yeah, you already know I mentioned him in the waiver wire pod. Uh, if you didn't get him, he's still out there. My man, Logan Thomas, uh, you know, the former quarterback <laughs> going against Arizona. Uh, the matchup is still great. Uh, still Arizona Cardinals against the tight end. Kittle was, you know, on his way to a great day before he had that injury. He was uh, being heavily involved. And be- until, you know, they can prove me wrong, I'm going to still start uh, sh- pick up tight ends against them and stream them up. Uh, Logan Thomas. 
uh, have 14% rostered on Yahoo, have four receptions for 37 yards and a touchdown in week one. But the you know most important stats about him is that he's heavily involved in this offense and what they're doing. Uh, he ran the third most routes on the team. He led the team in target percentage with 26.7. So that basically means of the routes that he ran, uh, wh- what percentage of that was he being targeted in Haskins? was targeting him the most of the routes that he ran. So uh, he's, he's involved when he's in. Um, he's, he's not just blocking out there, and I think he's going to be involved in his offense uh, down the line, and he could have some tight end one upside uh, from week, week to week uh, without you know Terry McLaurin being the one. It's really wide open after that. Uh, so I think Logan Thomas could take this, stream him up. Oh, yeah. Um, first off, I'm, com- I'm in complete shock because last year you picked – you streamed a tight end or started a tight end. You, that was either your tight end stream of the week or your tight end start of the week. It was against Arizona every week last year. And, oh yeah. And somehow in 2020, <laughs> you've managed to keep this streak going. I'm I'm actually impressed. But <laughs> me, <all> too. Jokes, <laughs> me too. Me <laughs> too. It's, <not> really, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but it works. <laughs> it's no. It's it's working, man. Absolutely. Um. But the no, all jokes aside, Logan Thomas, you know he's 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 a guy I've been I've been relatively high on um yep. for, for quite some time. So I love this one. Uh you, you know, I actually wanted to make him my stream of the week, but I had seen that you had already picked <laughs> him up in the League of Extraordinary People and I was oh, like, you Well, just saw that who he's playing Arizona. They should have just known right there. Oh, I mean that's <laughs> why he was going to be my stream of the week. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I saw that you picked him up, and I therefore realized, well, there goes my stream of the week. <laughs> Blake John went down. You know, there's a lot of reason into that. It was backstory into that. So, you know, but yeah, I, I, Logan Thomas, man, I'm ready to pick him up everywhere we can get him. <laughs> All right, so my tight end stream of the week, I'm going with a guy we highlighted in this very episode last week. That is Jordan Aikens. Um, he ran the fifth most routes among amongst all wide all tight ends in the NFL in week one he caught a touchdown last week um I think you know obviously the target number wasn't there but with especially with tight ends you want a guy that's on the field they're involved he played 81 percent of the snaps uh, which led all skill all Texan skill players uh, and the fact that he's running that high enough amount of routes that you know at one point or another he's gonna have to get targeted and I think you know obviously, um, you know, the, the Baltimore Ravens, they played the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Uh, they gave up a decent amount of, of fantasy points to the, the tight ends collectively. And I think that Jordan Aikens being on the field running these routes uh, will allow him to be involved uh, in this game on Sunday. So Jordan Aikens, tight end stream of the week. Let's go. Let's go. Greg, who is your defensive stream of the week, man? Uh, so my defense streaming week, I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals going against the Washington football team. Uh, this is more about the Washington football team rather than the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Arizona got three sacks on Jimmy G in week one. Uh, you know, Washington football team, Dwayne Haskins is not a mobile quarterback. Uh, I know people might think so, or but he wasn't ever rated as a, a running quarterback, and he, he won't be. So I think they can get to him, get some more sacks. And, you know, they'll, they'll hold the score down, and they'll, they'll hold his yardage down because he's not a high high guy in, in any of those areas. So I think Arizona is a safe defense you can play, and that, that can get you some sacks. Yeah, man, I, I like Arizona a lot as a stream of the week this week. Um, but I'm actually going to go – to the contrarian route, I'm gonna go with the with the Washington football team. 
actually in the same matchup. Um, and you're probably wondering why, John, what the hell? Well, if you listened to the DFS rundown last DFS. week, <laughs> and you would have pl- you would have played Washington, the Washington football team, uh, and you would have not f- eat, entirely eaten the chalk of the Indianapolis Colts. But um, I wanted to make them my stream last week. I just couldn't do it because it just seemed like I was going. I was, you know, it was just seemed like I didn't want people to have to make that play. We just it wasn't necessary, especially when the Colts were widely available in most number one defense in fantasy, when, man. Washington football, but team. they're the number one defense in fantasy right now. Um, something that I I see being said all the time now, but I swear, you know, I feel like I was the first person to start saying it. I said it here on this very podcast uh, when I was talking to, I believe it was it was during one of our dynasty breakdowns. It was either to Randy or the episode with with Nim uh, and and uh, and Mig. But I said that the Washington football team, that defense, could undergo a transformation similar to what the San Francisco 49ers had done last year when they add a player like Nick Bosa uh, that player for the Washington football team being Chase Young they add a player of that magnitude to that defensive line where you've got a defensive line with a plethora of first round picks from Jonathan Allen to Deron Payne to uh, Ryan Kerrigan, uh, Matt Ioannidis has been always been a good player in his own right. So you add this guy to this defense. Now all of these guys who were getting, you know, Jonathan Allen, who maybe was getting a double team, or uh, Deron Payne, who was getting a double team, or Ryan Kerrigan, who was get, always getting chipped by the tight end or the running back. All of that attention is now going to Chase Young because he dominated on Sunday, and I expect him to dominate again uh, from his from his defensive end position. Kyler Murray, uh, you know. Faced, but uh, his team did uh, better against uh, pressure, or uh, you know, in terms of pass protection and allowing pressure uh, this past week against San Francisco. But uh, this week, I think that you know he's dealing with some uh, so, some different animals on that defensive line in the uh, on the Washington football team, and you know he's always been prone to take a sack here or there, and I think that continues here on Sunday. So. It's a little a little tricky, but I'm doing it. I'm, I think they have a rest of a potential rest of season outlook, um, you know. So we'll see how that goes. But Washington football team, stream them up. Yeah, I think so. I mean, rest of, they're in the NFC East first of all, you know. So they're gonna play teams like you know the Giants twice and the Eagles twice. Uh, teams while well, they're playing once, teams that you know the quarterback historically uh, fumbles the ball so and and gets sacked. So it's, it's prominent right there. It's for almost six games. Yeah, and actually, I was looking at it. I was looking at their schedule earlier because I, you know, just trying to decide, do I really want to do this rest of season? Um, and I mean, it's, they get Cleveland next week. Um, then obviously Baltimore, you're not going to play them. Uh, but the Rams is also still interesting. Uh, the New York giants, like you said, that's also interesting. Um, and then Dallas, I probably don't want to play them. But again, we don't know what we don't know yet. I mean, we didn't know right. that San Francisco was a. It wasn't until week two last year or week three when we kind of said, "Hey, you know, you know, we were still very early in doing what we, what you know, being, you know, fantasy analysts and, and podcasting and, and getting information out there." But one of the first pieces of of you know season long advice that we gave was, you know, hey. Uh, the this the San Francisco 49ers defense was dropped because their bias coming up. Pick them up, 
because they could probably, you know, end up being a top two defense the rest of the way. And they mm-hmm. ended up being a top two defense the rest of the way. So, um, you know, we'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll see what's well, something to monitor. But, you know, they, they're the number one defense in fantasy. I'm going to start them again this week and see uh, if they can replicate that. But enough talking about defenses. I feel like that's the most we've talked about defense in a season in a, in a redraft <laughs> format of this podcast in a very long time. Well, shout but out to my IDPs on Dynasty, though. You know, they're dominant. <laughs> yeah, Greg, your IDPs are dominant. TJ Watt and Tyron Zardarius Matthew. Smith. Zardarius um, Smith. Uh, Chris Jones. Yeah, they, yeah Chris Jones. They all, yeah. They, all, they all played great. Yep. Nope. Totally get it. <laughs> so let's cover this game, man. We've got the 0-1 Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Cleveland, not very far, to take on the 0-1 Cleveland Browns. Uh, this is a, don't believe I didn't write it in my notes. This is a 43 and a half point over under, um, the Browns are five and a half point favorites. Uh, just before I pass this game off to you, Greg, injuries to be, uh, injuries of note for this game, uh, Greedy Williams and Kevin Johnson, who, you know, were both out on Sunday. They've already been ruled out for Thursday. Uh, Jarvis Landry, who's questionable with a hip injury. Uh, he seems to be questionable again this week. He was limited uh, today in practice, and he missed practice on Tuesday. Uh, it didn't seem to limit him in the game. He played 71% of the snaps. Uh, that's just three less snaps than what Odell Beckham did. Um, if he is limited for any reason or is you know inactive for the game, expect Kaderil Hodge or Rashard Higgins to you know step in that role, but we're probably not going to look to them if that happens. Um, the Browns also have four offensive linemen on the injury report, uh, including both their starting right ta- or both their starting tackles. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, then starting defensive end Olivier Vernon, he's also questionable going into this game. And then for Cincinnati, uh, star defensive tackle Geno Atkins, he's out. And then his replacement, who was brought in last week, Mike Daniels, uh, he's also been ruled out. So that could be a boost for the Browns' run game potentially. And so Greg. All of these things considered, what do you got in this game? In this game, I have the over. Uh, in this game, I have uh, the Cincinnati Bengals covering the spread, but I have the Browns bouncing back and winning this game. Um, I did like how the Bengals played the Chargers last week. Uh, they were able to cover that spread, so I'm, I'm going to keep that momentum going. Um, expect a bounce back week, though, for this entire Browns team. I'm, I'm hoping it. I, I'm, I'm, I really think it's going to happen, as in they, you know, actually look like an actual football team uh Odell Beckham should get close to 10 targets again uh he it's already rumors coming up that he might get traded uh you know he's not happy I think you know they're gonna keep featuring him uh and hopefully he's not able to make he had one drop uh last week not too bad but it was a key drop uh but I think he be, his head would be more in the game as well as Baker's uh if Jarvis plays I, I have to stop sleeping on Jarvis you know he's he was a safer player last year he was a safer player in week one uh, he caught five of the six targets. Um, I think he's a viable flex if he's able to go. And because of Njoku being on IR, I think this is a bounce back spot for Austin Hooper. The the Chargers, hard Chargers were able to use Hunter Henry pretty well against Cincy in week one. Um, he had five of eight targets for 73 yards. So I think Hooper have a bounce back week as well as Odell and Jarvis if he plays. But, you know, my eye as well on, on every Browns game is that split. 
and the production between the two running backs. Um, and I, I think I like both of them this week heavily. Uh, you know, Chubb should be a high in RB2 this week. And I think Kareem Hunt it will be a great flex play, uh, especially in PPR leagues where, you know, he seems to outscore Nick Chubb uh, most, most of the time. Um, but Eckler and Kelly... With the Chargers, we were able to get 4.7 yards per carry uh, on the ground with them. They didn't really use them in the targets game. But I think with this young uh, Cincinnati linebacker core, uh, I think the Browns were able, were able to use Hunt and Chubb uh, in the passing game. And they should be able to thrive. Uh, on the Cincy side, Joe Burrow, I like how he played last week. I think he carries the momentum. And I think he's going to be able to attack the Browns. Um, I think he, he threw 36 times in week one. Against a tough secondary, he wasn't afraid of Casey Harry Hayward. Uh, you know, especially with his receivers, um, Boyd Green, John Ross. Uh, they had all oh, at least had five targets. The, you, you show me, you know, the stats with the three wide receiver sets, eleven man personnel. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals were fifth in that in Week One in the league at seventy two percent of the offensive plays. With that, it's doing three wide receiver sets, so they they like using uh, those three guys. And I think Boyd and Green have some wide receiver two upside with John Ross having some some boom play in this one. I think. Um, and my eyes really on Joe Mixon as far as the running back because he also had an Eckler kind of performance in Week One, but. Uh, Joe Burrow might have a little factor on his rushing a little bit, and he did also to get targeted. But I think it's, this is a, a little bounce back for him. Uh, I'm more excited on Eckler, though, going forward than Joe Mixon. So maybe I would kind of, if he does well this week, I think I'd be more on a sell-high mentality for Joe Mixon. Yeah, um, I I think I would probably agree with that, too. I mean, it just looks, the thing that's so weird is it just looks similar to how they started out using him at the beginning of the year when he sucked for fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, and then they changed how they were using him down the stretch, and then he was much better. Like he right. was more involved in the pass game. Um, you know, they were doing things to get him out in space, and so if that's not happening, I mean, he's just like you said, you know, just getting the ball. He's not getting any targets. Like that's not going to be good for fantasy unless he's scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, unless there's a shift there. Then I yeah I would probably sell try to sell high after this game and then, you know if he, you know if it's something similar to last year where he eventually bounces bounces back maybe we we buy low but I I don't know Zach Taylor figure it out, um, but I'm actually going to take the Browns to cover the spread and win this game I f- I feel like this is a classic Thursday night football Vegas trap for us like the Las <laughs> Vegas. Uh, you know, the Vegas casino setting that line of minus five and a half uh, after watching the Browns get demolished by the Ravens and, and the, you know, the Bengals have obviously, you know, Joe Burrow in that phenomenal two minute, two minute drive to, you know, almost win the game there. Um, but, you know, I think the Browns, you know, do win this game. They, they do cover this spread. You know, I'm taking the under on this total. Um, the implied score is 25 Cleveland, 19 Cincinnati. Um, so, you know, I, I I think I said something to you, Greg. I think I could see it being 28-14. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm taking I'm taking the under here. Uh, the Browns shoot themselves. They, I mean, they shot themselves in the foot too many times against the Ravens. And, you know, we always talk about the Pats and how you can't, you know, you can't beat yourself against the Pats. Like, that's becoming the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, like, this is a team you cannot afford to – you know, to fall, you know, you can't afford to make mistakes, uh, 
against them because, you know, the combination of that offense that they have along with that defense on the other side is probably the, the, the one team you really don't want to fall behind big against because that offense can just take all the air out of the ball and just run the clock and then go on this, you know, demoralizing, you know, 13, 14 play drive that took six, seven minutes off the clock and now you have to try and score against against their defense and then it's so you know i think that obviously you know that and then we saw that happen against against the uh against the the baltimore ravens here for the cleveland browns but again in regards to this matchup i think that, you know the browns show up in this one they dominate the game in the trenches uh they use both kareem hunt and nick chubb in this game i'm expecting them both both of them to have nice games uh i'm expecting chubb to have have the bigger day uh, watching the game. Uh, you know, I finally got a chance to watch the game of the Ravens versus versus the Browns, and it was clear that running him was a big part of the game plan. Kind of like what you and I had talked about, you know, heading into that matchup, Greg. But uh, an interception, a faked, uh, a failed fake punt, and a dropped pass on fourth down, the, the one that you were talking about by Odell, um, that led into a, into a bunch of negative game script which then automatically now this becomes a hunt game, which I do believe is a problem. That's something that, you know, I, I don't think I saw as becoming much of a problem because I mm-hmm. was so focused on, oh, well, the Browns would be a better team. But, like, right. what if the Browns are just, just as bad as they were last year? And so then they're and they're forced into more negative game script. So that's just one thing to watch with, with the Kareem Hunt, Nick, uh, Nick, Chubb, Nick Chubb thing. Um, but, again, you're playing both of those guys – uh, I would expect you know top performances from both of them. Um, OBJ, I think he's a must play. I know it's tough, but you you know you have to play him. Like you said, anything close to ten targets that you know for for him, uh, you know, you you kind of you're you're, yeah. you're locking that into your lineup. You have got to play to. Him. Um, got to. Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper. I think he's playable. Uh, he led all Browns tight ends in snaps and routes runs. Uh, you know, routes run. I know that Njoku, obviously, he caught the touchdown, so, you know, his day sticks out. Uh, but, you know, he only ran 10 targets or 10 routes while Austin Hooper ran 28. So uh, even Harrison Bryant, the rookie, ran more routes than Njoku at 15. So um, that's actually a good point with the Njoku injury. Does one now become a blocker? I don't know. But either way, uh, Austin Hooper, I think, you know, you, you totally – can play him. Uh, I know Greg and you and I talked about like, would you do, would you play Logan Thomas or Austin Hooper? I think we both agree that we'd rather play Logan Thomas. Yep. Um, but you can play Austin Hooper, the Cincinnati Bengals. They, they did give up targets to Hunter Henry. Um, you know, I think that with the fact that Austin Hooper being on the field, I think makes him playable. But um, in regards to, uh, Harrison Bryant, though the rookie, I think that he's somebody that you can play. You know, he played a decent amount in the in the Ravens game. I think he's a somebody that you can play in a, you know DFS if you're doing the single game showdown or something like that. Um, I think that he's you know makes a ton of sense in only that way. I, I wouldn't play him in, in you know our standard uh, season long league. You know, there's no reason to try to do that. Um, but on the Cincy side, Joe Mixon, like you said, did not. Uh, did not perform well last week, but you you know you still have to play him. Um, AJ Green he's trending in the right direction. Uh, he's healthy it seems. 
you know, he, to yes, me, sir. I mean, I think he, he's a must start. I mean, he, like, I, I think I texted it to you today. You know, he played, you know, only 64% of the snaps, but he ran 30 routes, which is, you know, up there with, with the amount of routes that John Ross and Tyler Boyd ran, but he was targeted nine times, which yeah, led the team. So target percentage is crazy then. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's, it was clear that it's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's, let's limit AJ. But when we play him, like, let's get him the ball. This you is know? what so Casey Hayward on him too. So they didn't care. Exactly. So, um, I think AJ Breen, AJ Green is a, is a must start. Uh, this week against you know this Cleveland secondary, uh, that's obviously banged up. Uh, I think Tyler Boyd is playable, but he's a. I mean, I think he's a, for, a floor play. I mean, you, you know, this is he's not a guy who's going to get you a touchdown. That's not who Tyler Boyd has been in his career. Um, but he's he's not just he's just not getting the volume. I mean, he was tied with like four other guys for five targets. Um, but I do think that. John Ross is a sneaky, sneaky, deep play. I mean, if you're in a deep, deep league where Tyler Boyd is already, you know, being started and he's already rostered and being started and, you you know, maybe you want to attack this this Brown secondary um, and it's like a three wide receiver, like three flex league or something, or maybe you're playing DFS and, you you know, you want to, you know, a dart throw. I mean, I checked the Thursday, Monday slate. He's $4,800. So that's super cheap, but you're you literally need him to catch a touchdown, um, in order for him to come through. But he did have you know he led all Bengals skill players with 84% of his of his team snaps. Uh, he ran the second most routes behind behind Tyler Boyd, and he also had the same amount of targets five as as Boyd did. So again, with this banged up Brown secondary, I think he's worth a dart throw. Yeah, I'm I'm still team Boyd. This is my week where I'm like, if I change opinions and change momentum to green or to someone else, it will be this week. But uh, I'm going to still hang on and, and and go with Boyd as for the favorable receiver. Oh, take lock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is week one overreaction. I'm not going to do that either. You know, it was one week one. Yeah, no, of course. Of course. I mean, I, I mean, I've been, I've been, you know, team AJ all the way. I just think, you know, after nine, nine targets on, you know, being targeted on thirty three percent of his routes would, you know, would who, be good who, enough to who sweat, ran the to most sweat. routes. You said though. Oh, Tyler Boyd. Yeah. So you but know, who ran the most routes? Who ran the most routes on the on a percentage of their routes of their snaps? <laughs> oh, you're saying he's just he's just running out there. It was AJ Green. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's uh, you know, limited. You know, you ease him in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. You know, it's a. You know, as he you plays more percentage of snaps, you know, it might go a little down. You know, that 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 percentage couldn't be too that that high if he plays more. That'd be crazy. But the targets could go up. Targets could. I was just saying it was week one. So <laughs> let's go with week two. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. No, I'm just having fun. I mean, obviously, uh, Tyler Boyd, he, you know, he played predominantly in the slot. We had talked about it before the game. Uh, Chris Harris, who plays in the slot, you know, he was probably, I mean, mean, I'm willing to bet that he was the one that was predominantly covering Tyler Boyd. That's a tough matchup for Tyler Boyd. So, um, you know, not expecting him to, to win that one. But again, I would like to see if, if I'm, if I'm a, you know, a Tyler Boyd truther, I would never. I mean, I I was one back in the day. 
It took you know he's like Devonte Parker before Devonte Parker was Devonte Parker, Tyler Boyd. <laughs> but um, you know, but you know he's somebody that he needs targets. Like he's not gonna five targets for Tyler Boyd is not gonna be it for you. Like you right. need eight, nine, ten targets from Tyler Boyd to be like okay, you know I, that's a good day. Because again, you know he's not a guy that's gonna get in the end zone for you. You know he's he's never really been that. So, you know, you need targets. And so that's that's where I'm at with him. But, you know, hopefully, you know, week two we get more targets. I mean, again, it doesn't – I think all of these receivers I – don't, I don't think you really have to pick a side. I mean, all of these receivers can be fantasy viable. 70 – you know, you, you mentioned they play 73% of their snaps. That's a neutral game script out of 11 personnel. Yeah. So this is what they want to do, and this is what they did last year. They were 75%. 11 personnel neutral game script. So there will always be three wide receivers on the field. They will always be running the same amount of routes. It doesn't matter who you who you who you roster necessarily. It's just what you know, what league do you play in and what is the value of the targets that are that are being had. Yeah. Um Greg, do you have a bold prediction for this game? Joe Burrow, 250 and two to- total touchdowns. Two total touchdowns. Maybe rushing, maybe one. But I think Joe Burrow, you know, continues off his momentum again and keeps it going as the the number one pick. I mean, is he going to look better than Baker Mayfield? Is that a bold prediction too? Ooh. Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> that is – look, I mean, I, look, I know – I'm. I like your bold prediction. I think Joe Burrow actually has a really good day. I'm just going to give the contrarian thought, you know, something we're we're not maybe we're not thinking about. Are we going to realize that this is Thursday night football for Joe Burrow? <laughs> is, uh, He's never gone from a Sunday to a, a Sunday Thursday. to Thursday. <laughs> oh, they never play. Th- <laughs> I mean, they, they, don't they play Fridays in uh, college? Don't they sometimes? You know, switch it up. Yo, they got two weeks to comp- to prepare for like the na- they get a month to prepare for the national championship. <laughs> they get two weeks, two weeks to prepare for the SEC championship. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is uh, this is all we're all started for Baker uh, in his rookie year uh, on Thursday night. So don't remind maybe. me. Don't remind me. <laughs> Maybe this is the this is where Baker shows prime time. I, I mean, uh, this is could be a thing for Baker. Maybe he plays better in prime time games. Yeah, I mean uh, the thing with the, uh, I mean Baker's played some bad prime time games. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that one again, that one with, with the with the Rams last year. Yeah, that on was Monday bad. Night Football. Yeah, that was and bad. He blew the game at the end uh, when it was ever someone was wide <laughs> open too, and he just didn't make it happen. Uh yeah, I think but, no, plays, I, I think I he do. looks better. In this game. I think no, Joe Burrow looks Joe Burrow looks good, man. I mean, you you watch him, he just looks comfortable. You know, it just and that's the thing is like you know that a quarterback is necessarily good when it doesn't look like they're they're really trying all that hard. Like he doesn't look like he's pressing. He's just he's doing something that he's done his whole life, basically. Yeah. And they asked him, I think, going into week one, they said, uh, Joe Burrow or like Joe, are you nervous? You know, week one, you know, you got any jitters? And he was like, no. <laughs> and they're like, why? Why? Like, why not? And he's like, like, do I seem like the kind of person that would be nervous? Like, <laughs> this guy is, like, he's unfazed by, every, by like, he's not phased by anything. So, oh, so I, you know. Yeah, I, 
I think he's come super competitive, so he I think he keeps this cover too. That's why. Yeah, I mean it's it's easy to be super competitive, but if your right tackle is not super competitive against Miles Garrett, <laughs> then you're kind of screwed. So <laughs> I mean, the Browns don't have any offensive linemen, so you know that's great. Yeah, Joe mean, Burrow doesn't have to play defense. <laughs> the, all, the Bengals also don't have any defensive linemen. I mean, Carlos Dunlap's a pretty good player, but you know, no Geno Atkins, no Mike Daniels. Like that's obviously gonna gonna hurt their pass rush. I'm not. I'm look. I'm just saying that I'm not making it a Baker versus Burrow thing. I think Burrow's great. I think Baker obviously has work to do, but I think Burrow has a much tougher competition on Sunday, on Thursday, in in regards to that defensive line. And that, again, that doesn't have anything to do with him. Like we talk about Jared Goff all the time. Like, and again, I'm not comparing him to Jared Goff either. But if Jared Goff's offensive line has a bad day, Jared Goff is screwed. And I'm yeah. just, all I'm saying is. You know, we saw Joe Carson Wentz get. Rushing. Yeah, exactly. Joe Burrow can at least run, but we saw Carson Wentz get annihilated. You know, if Joe Burrow is running for his life all day, because Miles Garrett is destroying his right tackle and their left tackle, you know, is decent, but this the the Bengals have issues on the offensive line as well. And that game could have been worse if against the Chargers, if the Chargers' offense wasn't so bad. <laughs> well, maybe the but Bengals' again, defense was all right. <laughs> oh my god did you watch that game Tyrod was no, terrible <laughs> Tyrod was terrible yeah no he didn't even check it down anymore I mean they don't want to check it down no. but yeah he uh, no. didn't get you know, a lot going on as far as you know, the no. rushing they were effective so yeah and so there. I mean look if we want to put it in the jar we could put it in the jar like I, I, I don't know what you want nah, to do nah the only one I put in the jar would be Boyd versus a green bet. Oh, I'll do that all day. All right, word. <laughs> Boyd versus green. All right. Uh, Half point PPR. Yeah, of course. All right. Um, And then, well, my bold prediction is... Uh, <laughs> I just thought about something really funny. All right, my bold prediction. I'll get to that in a second. My bold prediction is... John Ross alluded to it. He'll score a touchdown. Be fantasy relevant. How about Joe, John Ross versus Tyler Boyd? Are you going to spot me any points or do it have to be straight up? Mm, like John Ross, like his point total, you mean? Yeah, no, we'll just go. How about I'll just take it straight up. John Ross, <laughs> John Ross uh, and AJ Green versus Tyler Boyd. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> This is like a double or nothing thing. All right, yeah, I'll take that. Tyler no, Boyd. it's not a double or nothing. It's AJ Green versus Tyler Boyd, John Ross versus Tyler Boyd. All right, all right, bet. I'll take that. I'll take both of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I right, man, I hope I hope all you I hope all you listening are enjoying this show today because this is some comedy that you guys are getting. So, um, Greg, do you have anything else that you want to add to this matchup? Uh no, this is this is this is the last week though for the Browns. The Browns checklist, you know, I, I even told you if, if, if even if Odell played well, I would be ready to sell high on him. Like I'm very concerned about this team. They had a whole year last year to figure it out. Uh, so yeah, this is this is it. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm I'm still I'm with you. I'm just not that ready to give up on them because they played possibly like the second the the best or second best team in the league last week. 
So yeah, now they get to play the worst team in the league last, considering record last year. So they should get it yeah. done. <laughs> so I'm expecting them to get it done. Yo, do you want to do something on this spread? Uh, we should do something on this spread, cause. Oh, uh, uh, so yeah, because I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm taking Cleveland. You're taking Cincinnati. Yeah, the cover. Yeah, we can do that too. All right, throw that in the jar as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um. Well, everyone, that is the show. That concludes our Thursday night preview and our streams of the week. So again, hope that you uh, enjoy Thursday night's game. Hope that you you know, stay on it in terms of the waivers and, and working the waivers. Remember, it's a grind, but it's all worth it in the end when you're holding up that uh, trophy. Um, but again, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the, the obviously, the loyal listeners, uh, but also want to say welcome to the new listeners. Um, and as always, just please rate and review the podcast, uh, whatever, wherever it is that you're listening, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening to us, um, just please just ask that you, you know, you go and, you know, write a review for us or just go ahead and give us a five-star review because it really goes a long way to helping us out. And again, enjoy the game and you will hear from us on Friday as we do uh, week week two uh, game previews, part one, right? So then you'll be on the lookout for the un- un- second, uh, part two on Saturday. So um, again, follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at FF Diagnostics. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at JR Football Nerd. Follow Greg on Instagram at we underscore made it. Uh, and as always, we are out. We out. <laughs>